Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 27. My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look forward directly and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Good morning. It is indeed a privilege uh, to speak about this text because I've had the opportunity over the last weeks to just think about it, meditate about it, read about it. And there are different versions. Guarding our hearts. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And what we've heard as it was read, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This morning, what I want to do, it's a very simple format. I want to talk a little bit about what it means, the why, the what, and the how. Now, the book of Proverbs is interesting because it's a little bit different from other books. It's not a parable where when Jesus is talking, he talks about the seeds, he talks about the parable of the sower, for instance, and we have to kind of think about it, read more about it, and interpret it. This one is fairly straightforward. The verse itself is approximately 15 words, fairly Direct. And the context of it is Solomon talking to his son. At the beginning of the book, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. Could also be interpreted as the words of a mother to her daughter or to a son. And for us, the words of God to us, giving us instruction. The heart in the Bible is mentioned at least a thousand times. The word in Greek is kardia, 
from which we have the word in English, cardiac, which is related to the heart. And it denotes the center for both physical, emotional, intellectual, and moral activities. In Matthew, it says, make it, Jesus says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We are in February, and February is the heart and stroke month. And it is a way to raise awareness. They use the whole week. Probably you're going to receive requests. There will be lotteries out there if you want to win a home. You can buy a lot of things that is related to raising awareness about the heart, about the health of your heart. Some fun facts about the heart. The average size of your heart for an adult is approximately the size of your fist. That's the size of your heart. Your heart beats approximately 115 thousand times each day, 115,000 times each day. It will pump throughout the day approximately 2,000 gallons of blood. That's a lot of blood. If you were to stretch your blood vessel, it would extend approximately 60 thousand miles. That's a fairly long journey. Approximately two weeks, it's going to be February 14th, and everybody knows what that day is. And people will be, if you want to have a good heart, then you can exchange candy, chocolate, cards, flowers. But this is not the heart that the Bible is talking about. It is not the physical heart. It is not the romantic heart. It is the heart, what the Bible is referring to, is the heart that connects us to the heart of God. This is the main connector. And in Proverbs... It says, guard that connection, guard your heart. Now again, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that the heart is mentioned so many times in the Bible. And one place that is mentioned the most is in the book of Jeremiah. And he says, the thoughts of the heart are so evil I'm going to have to destroy them. 
and God sent the flood because of the thoughts of men's hearts. Sorry, that is, that's in Genesis. He went on to say, looking at the heart, and he says, what comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is from within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. And if you want to look at this, this is, he says, if I were to look at your heart, if God were to look at my heart, he says, this is where all the evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. And he says, in our heart, these are all the things that are in there. And again, in the book of Jeremiah, this is what it says. If you were to go and see a doctor, and his name happens to be Jeremiah, and when he's conducted all the tests, this is what he says. He says, I want to talk to you about your heart. And he'll tell you this. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. That's fairly... If you were to get... This is your, the bill of health of your spiritual heart. And Jeremiah says, above all things, our heart are deceitful and beyond cure. It is a heart that is diseased, full of evil. But God says, for me, this is the most important thing. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. I, the Lord, I do not look at the outward appearance. I do not look at what you appear to be. I look at your heart. I look at your heart daily. This is the part that is the most, this is the part in which I'm the most in, interested I'm not interested in your words, but I want to look at where it comes from. It comes from the heart. It's a heart that is incurable, pretty much. A heart that is full of evil. And even from the very beginning, the first chapters of Genesis, we're talking about only six or seven chapters into Genesis. After God has created the world and created people according to his own image, and as he looked shortly after at the world, the state of the world, he says, 
and God saw the wickedness of man was great on earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually before God. And he says, the thoughts of their heart are so evil, I'm going to have to destroy them. And he sent the flood because of the thoughts of man's heart. The heart, the heart is the deepest thing that we have. It is the connector to God. It is the driving force, the ultimate source from which uh, acts, uh, attitudes, uh, behaviors come from. Why should we guard our hearts? So Solomon says, God says to us, above all things, guard your heart. Why should we guard our heart? According to the word, it is the most precious thing that we have. It is the most valuable thing that we have. The heart is the deepest center of the human person. It is the driving force, the ultimate source from which our acts and our attitudes flow. And it is so deep, so profound, that even ourselves, we don't know it. And there's only one person who knows it fully, and that's God. Let me ask you a question. What is the most valuable thing that you have? As I was sitting here, I was watching some of you interacting with your kids. I could see in the words, in your eyes, that relationship, they're precious, how you hold them. Is it your relationship with your spouse, with your fiancé? Is it your car? Is it your house? Is it your cottage? Is it your job? And the status, is it your title? Is it your education? What you'll be able to accomplish so far? Is it your money? Is it your health? What is the most valuable thing that you have, that you possess? All the things I've mentioned, all these come from God. They are blessings. We need to cherish them. We need to nurture them. We need to value them. And we do. We find multiple of ways of protecting them, of guarding them. Let me name a few. We have keys. We make sure that as we come to church, we lock our car. We have locks. We have safes. We have alarms. And in case it gets stolen, we say, well... We have insurance. And for your kids, you'll make sure there's a babysitter. We want someone there to watch them. 
But what Solomon says, what God says to us, the most precious thing that you have is your heart. Not just guard it, but guard it above everything else. Guard it. And he doesn't say it's, it's nice to guard it. You know, try to guard it. It says, above everything else, guard it. For from it flows the springs of life. When I look at my life and I look at some of the mistakes and the missteps I've made, and then I kind of walk back, I realize that some of these mistakes, some of the missteps, they were the tip of the iceberg. At the bottom of it was really my heart. It was something that I wanted. It is just something, first of all, before I actually did it, before I actually go and get it, it actually came from my heart, from a thought from my heart. And later on, what had happened is that it was translated into either decisions, actions, behaviors. But the origin of it was from my heart. And very, very often, when I think about it, quietly, my tears run down because I knew this is where it came from. The second thing that is mentioned is that the heart is the source of everything. Everything that we do, everything that we desire, all our thoughts, they all come from the heart. Solomon says to us, it is the wellspring of life. This is where, this is the source of everything. Don't try to look down in the, at the river, at the end of the river, for solutions. Look from the very source of it. And the very source of it is your heart. It's my heart. This is where we have to spend the energy. Psalm 51, it says, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. And in Matthew, why do you think evil in your heart? Why do you think evil in your heart? Any good or evil that a human commits or does is the matter of the heart. Second reason is that everything comes from the heart. It is the source of everything. Our behavior, our attitudes, our words. And eventually, if we don't pay attention to it, it will become a character. It will define us. So we have to keep it. We have to keep it from becoming dry, from becoming empty. 
from becoming poisoned, polluted, stagnant, bitter. Because if a heart is wrong, everything else in our lives are going to be wrong. The third reason Solomon tells us to guard our heart, it is because our heart is constantly under attack, constantly under attack daily. What he's telling us is that we are in the battlefield. It matters. And there will be casualties. And the first casualty is not a physical being. Of course, our bodies will grow weak. Of course, we'll be diseased. But the battlefield is for our, is for our heart. Christine Kane says, you know, very often we have unhealthy habits. With regard to a physical heart, some of the main causes of heart attacks and an unhealthy heart is stress, diet, exercise, smoking, blood pressure, high blood pressure. And these will cause blockages in our veins and arteries. And the best way to prevent this is prevention, really. And the same thing for our heart and our spiritual lives. And Christine Kane says, we cannot ignore those things that can create a blockage in our spiritual heart in our spiritual heart muscle, for eventually we will leave a first love and suffer a spiritual heart attack. If we allow these things gradually to come into our hearts, if we, not, if we do not guard our hearts, eventually our spiritual arteries, the springs of life will be blocked. And that love that we first had for Christ, it won't be there anymore. And God, we are reminded that God sees our hearts, and He, Jesus was criticizing the Pharisees. He says, you look good. You dress nice. But he says, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before man, but God knows your heart. God knows your heart. These words 2,000 years ago still ring true today. God knows a heart. What does it mean? What does it mean to guard my heart? What does it mean to you to guard your heart? To guard your heart, to guard my heart, is to guard 
against the distractions. There are so many distractions. As I was preparing for this sermon, so many times I was drawn to YouTube. And you know what I was watching? I was watching the impeachment trial of Donald Trump. I, was, I know a lot about Lev Parnas, about Rudy Giuliani, and all the characters. I spent so many, and I said, I'm going to focus. But I was drawn to it. I was drawn to, this, to these distractions. I was watching. What are the statements? Is that a good way of making a statement? Yet I was supposed to focus on this. God myself against the distractions. I'm consumed with the pursuits. What are, the, what are my pursuits? What am I chasing? What am I after? Do these projects bring me closer to God or do they bring me do they take me away from God? God, my love. God, my love for people and for things because they can become my idols, don't they? Because I love them too much and they take the place of God. God, my mind. God, your heart is to guard your mind. God, my thoughts. Even myself, the psalmist says, even yourself, you don't know what your thoughts are. You don't know what you should be thinking about. And in Psalm 139, it says, Lord, search me and know my heart. Why does, do the, does the psalmist says, Lord, search me and know my heart? Because myself, I don't know what is, my, what is in my heart. Above all, it is full of deceit. To guard my heart is to guard my emotions. I am high, I'm low. It keeps moving up and down. Guard my emotions. Guard my heart against the culture that surrounds me. And what that means is very often fashion changes. I don't know about you, very often I, as, when I go shopping, for instance, I see this thing, it is so interesting. And I thought, you know what, if I were, that will look good on me. And then you buy it. I buy it. One week later, I wear it. Oh, that looks good. Two weeks later, yeah. Does that happen? Guard my heart against the things. Guard my heart. Let not my heart be divided. Let not my heart be shared. Guard my interest. Because what God says in Deuteronomy, God says, O hear Israel, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, 
and with all your strength. Guard my heart so that my heart will not be divided, so that my heart will be whole. In all the distractions, in all my interest, in the love of people and things, all these are competing for one, for three things, I believe, from us. They are competing for our money. Basically, they are asking, take your money and put it in these things. The second thing that is competing for our heart is our time. Take your time and put it in these activities. And the third thing is competing for your energy. We do not have boundless energy. All these things, money, time, energy, it's all limited. When Solomon is saying, guard your heart, what he's saying, watch how you spend your money. Watch how you spend your time. Watch how you spend your energy. Because all these are related to your heart. Now some, some thoughts about how to do this. On the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Blessed those are those who have a pure heart, because they will know God. So the first thing that we can do is to rejoice, because it comes with a promise. We are reminded that the work that has started in us, we were not the one who initiated it. We were not the one who started it. Because Christ tells us, I have loved you first. I have loved you first. And he says, I am the author and finisher of your faith. Don't worry about it. I started it. I will journey with you until it's over. So we can rejoice in spite of the fact that we were reminded earlier by Jeremiah that our heart is full of deceit. But what God says also says, I am going to give you a new heart. And it is a heart of flesh. It is a heart that will love me. It is a heart that will connect with me. And if you trust me, and if you spend time in my word, I will give you this new heart. It will be a new heart. It will not be that heart that is full of deceit. And all the things we looked at earlier, all the sins, all the temptations.
What are the sins or habits in your life that pulls you down? What are the behaviors? And we are reminded not to be conformed by what is happening around us, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The second thing that we are asked to do is to keep His Word in our heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. The only way not to sin is to look at the word and to keep that word in our hearts. Earlier, Muyiwa mentioned this. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I like this quote. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Don't know where that comes from. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. So if you find what's coming up in the bucket is not right, then maybe you should be looking down in the well. Maybe I should be looking down in the well, the well of my heart. And to close, we are guaranteed one thing. On my own, on your own, you cannot manufacture a new heart. We need to count on the comforter. We need to say this prayer, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. I cannot manufacture a new heart. My original heart is full of deceit. But God promises that he will give us a new heart, a heart where he will engrave his word, a heart that will connect with him. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, of your heart, be pleasing in your sight Lord, a rock and a redeemer. Amen.